0: Hello, everyone, and thanks for coming back to World Forge. World Forge is a podcast by creators and for creators, where we use random prompts to invent just about anything you can imagine. Together, we'll make heroes and villains, ancient monsters and magical cities. And our hope is that we can inspire all the other creators and storytellers out there listening to do the same. So without any further ado, I'm Piper. And I'm Sam. And welcome to World Forge.
1: Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of World Forge. We are so happy to have you back here for episode 68 Whoa. of World Forge. Hello, yes. welcome back. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Uh, we're here this week in the studio talking about another very fun topic. We're actually going to be talking about islands. Yes. Uh, we're going to be creating some fun, mysterious islands full of tricks and adventures and, and all kinds of weird nonsense here. And we're also joined in the studio by a very dear friend of ours, mm. Uh Grace, why don't you why don't you climb on out of the shadows here and introduce yourself?
2: Hello. <laughs> <laughs> the light burns, but I'm here as a friend and happy to be here hello sam and piper
1: hey grace hi grace welcome to the show we we've been really hoping to have you on for a long time actually and so we're really glad that we can finally sort of pull this together
2: it's been a long courtship Mm -hmm. yes we finally bribed you to come on
1: (laughs) yes indeed it has wore
2: me down yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) i feel like we've had a really good energy today for the for the podcast just in general we've had we we went on a fun little day trip to eau claire we had some tasty drinks Mm -hmm. we we got our our, our creative juices are, are we're full to the brim, I think, and we're just ready to explode all over our <laughs> listeners here. Uh, and I hope you're ready for it, listeners, because that's that's the heat we're bringing this week.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, Grace, uh, why don't, before we begin, why don't you tell us a little bit about some of your creative exploits? Mm-hmm. What, what kind of things do you do that would wow the crowd? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs>
2: you know, I've done things here and there, and I've had Definitely more creative spells in the past. It's been a strange time. I don't know about you, dear listener, but (laughs) the last couple months to a year has been strange yeah but you know we're trying i've been i've been doing macrame nice i paint sometimes hey i make some music i really like video games lately Mm -hmm. that's kind of been the main thing
0: nice um when grace says that she makes some music she is actually saying i'm an incredibly talented vocalist (laughs) and musician (laughs) and i decide to step out and wow people now and then when i decide to sing and perform yeah here and there yeah you know yeah
1: Uh, you're, you're kind of a full package guest here a little bit. You've done a bit of everything. You've dabbled in a lot. You've got your fingers in a lot of pies. Uh, and that's what I think anyone who knows you would say about you. Yeah. Yeah. Nice hot pies. So yes, we're very excited to have your, your greasy little pie sticking fingers in the podcast here this week. (laughs)
2: Every flavor.
1: Yes. Uh, so yeah, I I think on that we can maybe just jump right into some of our, some of our favorite inspirations That's for this cute. topic, yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: Establish just how sticky your fingers are. What do you have to say about islands? <laughs>
1: yeah. is, is there a particular island that you think is especially cool out in the in the world of pop culture and video games and movies and shows that you would want to talk about as maybe a, a potential source of inspiration for yourself or our listeners?
2: I mean, if there were a pie island, I would <laughs> immediately cite it.
1: What you mean is the the pyland, yeah, yes, the fabled the fabled lost pyland, pyland of, of pylantis, yeah,
2: oh, there's islands, and yes. if we're jumping right in <clears throat> and out of the water <laughs> the first the very first island that comes to mind is eventide, yes, from breath of the wild, of course, <laughs> very yeah, nice. it's a very um triggering and upsetting place (laughs) that shall not be forgotten. Okay.
1: But honestly, in my opinion, it was definitely my favorite of all of the, the, you know, the challenge dungeons in Breath of the Wild. I thought it was so cool that it just totally, totally, kind of flips – it takes everything you were used to. You're kind of gathering all your equipment and your armor and you're building up your power. And then suddenly all that is stripped away and you have to solve this puzzle based on just the base skills that you have. And I think mechanically that's a really interesting thing. Yeah, It
2: is. Yeah. I wouldn't go as far to say that it was my favorite shrine quest. <laughs> <laughs> but it, definitely the most memorable – you just yeah. you wake up and you're naked on an island. I <laughs>
0: don't yes, know what's happening. Yes.
1: Absolutely. So,
0: wait, I've not played Breath of the Wild. Do they give you a little fig leaf? Or what, what does this nudity you, look like? You have like
2: boxer briefs yeah. under oh, your clothing yeah. at all times. That's nice. It's
1: like a shirtless bee situation a shirtless from, bee. Uh, from Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Nice.
0: A shirtless bee. bee.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I love, I love Swimsuit Party Link, honestly. <laughs> it's, it's very fun. It's great energy. I'm glad they. I'm glad, uh, our dear departed Satoru Iwata, uh, decided to bring that to the table with Breath of the Wild. I think it was something the Legend of Zelda franchise was sorely missing.
2: I mean, if we want to talk about Link's outfits in that game, can we talk about the, uh, God, what do they call it? It's like the, (laughs) the electricity resistance suit where he just looks like a. Oh, yeah, the the big rubber,
1: yeah, the big (laughs) rubber suit (laughs) he's in. Absolutely, yes. I, I do think like, Okay, this isn't an episode about Breath of the Wild, but there's, there's so much there to talk about, right? I mean, I, I think there's a lot of really cool things mechanically that were...
2: It must be discussed. Yes, yeah,
1: it has to be discussed. His big, like, anti-pea-your-pants suit that he wears, basically. It, it's like rubber sheets just wrapped around poor little Link. It's really, really great. Um, I I think... Breath of the Wild was such a a breath of fresh air for that franchise. It was really needed. It it just took everything great about it and threw away everything else. And I love that. I I think we never would have gotten something like Eventide Isle in, even in one of the, you know, in 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 Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask, you know, like incredible, you know, 10 out of 10 type games. I think they needed to shake things up to allow us to have these types of just, you know, crazy experiences. And I'm really glad they did. I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can jump in with another one. Um, so one of the reasons why we had this idea in the first place is Sam and I have been rewatching Lost recently. Yes. Um, which is like originally I watched it with my dad and, and we loved it. We are diehard fans. Uh, we weren't happy with the ending, obviously, but I was like, we need to rewatch this because I remember. In case you
1: didn't know, the ending of Lost sucked. Yeah. Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So I just want to throw that out there before we get judgments. But I was like, I, we, I've got to rewatch this because I need to see if it's as good as I remember and how, long does that goodness actually last Um, but so one of the things that I love so much about Lost like the whole time that we've been watching the show I keep looking to Sam and I'm like this would be so fun to do as a campaign. Like what if you found a bunch of people yeah. who had never watched lost before and you just ran a campaign that was all the scenarios that happened in the show, because I, I think there are so many cool things and locations that they have there. Well, I mean with the hatch and like the separate Island and all the other cool things that you encounter. Um I feel like in general, islands are just really good places for spooky, mysterious things to happen because it's so isolated. And so that's one thing that I personally definitely want to channel when creating my Island this week um, So yeah, no, that's definitely one of my number one motivations.
1: I, I totally agree. And I think something that's especially interesting about Lost is how well, in the same way as you do in, in a Dungeons & Dragons campaign, you separate every character into a very particular role. You know, you have your characters like Kate, who would clearly be a ranger because she's really good at tracking things and she's good at kind of running around up in the jungle and she's pretty like, you know, overall good at a lot, you know, she's good at shooting things and fighting and, and being kind of wily. And then you have a character like you know, John Locke, who's... The
0: prophet. Yeah, the
1: prophet. He would definitely be a cleric or a paladin because he's committed to this sort of higher ideal. And, like, there's a lot of different characters that fill a lot of very kind of standard fantasy role-playing type... they, They fulfill these character tropes in really, really interesting and satisfying ways. And I think it's so cool to see these types of roles in kind of a modern sort of weird mystery setting like that, I I think that's really, really fun. Um, That would be a very, very fun campaign to try and adapt.
0: Exactly. And it would be kind of one thing that if I were to run that, I would almost want to assign, I, w- I guess I would describe what all the roles are. It's like when beginning this session, you get to choose. Do you want to be the leader? Do you want to be the doctor? Do you want to be the cleric? Do you want to be not the cleric? Do you want to be the prophet? Do you want to be the chosen one or the, um the torturer? The yeah, like all these different things. And ideally, if you have a bunch of people who have not seen the show, you'd be like, "Ooh, I wonder what this will be about. And then you get to kind of explore that through the different scenarios that the island has to offer.
1: Yeah, I, I think that would especially be fun. And this is not really a style of gameplay that I do a lot as a DM is, you know, where you kind of pre-make all the characters and you say, hey, everybody gets to pick one. You're all going to play these these pre-rolled, pre-designed, you know, your backstory already exists characters uh, and then kind of go wild in this world I've built. I, I never really do that. And I think this is a setting that would work really, really well for that because all of these characters are just so interesting on their own. You don't really need to add in a lot of um, you you can take any one of these characters and run with them and have a really really fun story because just the interaction between all of them is so fascinating mm-hmm. um, even if I'm not playing a character of my own creation I still would be having a blast I'm sure because they're just so well designed and, and so well fleshed out yeah. I, I think that's really neat
0: I feel like the other thing, too, that's really stood out to me from watching the show is how many times the characters revisit locations, but going back to a location that they've already been to, it can lead to an entirely new adventure, and it doesn't feel like stale. And one of my favorite examples is many times characters find this big cable that's coming out of the ocean, and it's on the beach. And at first, many of them follow it into the jungle, and that leads to certain things. But I love that it's revealed later that if you actually follow it back out to the ocean, there is another adventure waiting there for you. And I think that's yeah. really cool and something I would love to take uh, if I was building like my next campaign of saying, okay, I want to have five different scenarios that could unfold depending on what someone decides to do here. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So the first example that I have actually is from uh, kind of following in Grace's footsteps here, talking about another video game that I think is a really, really fun Island is the Witcher three has the Skellige Isles. Um I think that's such a cool such a cool experience the first time you go to Skellige because you already are playing this huge open world. You know, you're in Velen and you're in Novigrad and you're, it's like, how could this game possibly get any bigger? And then you get to Skellige and it's like, Oh my God, it's the, it's the size of everything I've seen already, but I also have a boat and I can sail around and I can dive under the sea. And it's, it's adding a whole new dimension of how to explore the world. And I, I just think it's such a, such a cool shift in uh, it. It, it, Takes everything you've done already and enhances it in a really interesting way. And the stories and the mechanics of everything that happened in Skellige are just so cool. It's this really interesting kind of, kind of like semi-Nordic, semi-like Celtic kind of island. And I, I, I don't know, I loved it. Um, it's a whole other game on its own, basically being there. And I, I think that's really cool. I think that's. You know, as a DM, when you have a giant island like this, this is sort of an opportunity to say, we don't have to play by the same rules here. We can kind of take everything we've done before and flip it on its head a little bit and sort of subvert our party's expectations. You know, you you have freedom. We always talk about we always want to find ways to put like dinosaurs in our games and we're never really sure how to do it. It's like, well, just put them on an island. You know, things work differently on an island. You have free reign to do whatever you want because, you know, the island is calling. You know what, what I think? Yeah,
2: I think that's a really strong tendency with islands in any sort of media where the rules are different. And even the creatures are different. I mean, even on our planet, like the Galapagos, yeah, animals that don't exist anywhere else. And it's like an alien world that you have to learn to navigate.
1: Absolutely. That, you know, there's flightless versions of birds that we are so familiar with. Or there's, you know, like island gigantism or island minimalism. And we talk about that all the time on the show, how like you got a lot of food, you get big. Like that's what happens <laughs> on an island. I love that. It's so, it's just so interesting what the the limitless possibilities that you can encounter like that.
0: I also think it's really interesting to think about when doing the world building of creating an island, how did the creatures or the people that live there, how do they get there? Because I remember actually watching a nature documentary once that was talking about about uh, Madagascar and it was hypothesized that like they're like saying how did these lemurs get to this island and it was thought that maybe there was a family of lemurs on like a tree that was broken off in a storm and it floated all the way there and they made it they survived somehow oh my
1: god i know way to madagascar i know
0: right well it's like it's weird theories like that or like they talk about how oftentimes in huge hurricanes it's not too uncommon for little like bugs and birds and animals to get swept up in a storm and actually blown other places and sometimes (laughs) they survive when they land and it's like wow you've just gone through literally it's like uh <laughs> it's literally um dorothy going through the twister and landing in a new world uh which is just except you're a little monkey <laughs> so- <laughs> yeah. well, and so well
1: and how cool of a story would that be to you know in, in D? you're a D party you find this island everything here is just like what? Like, what is any of this? Having to solve this mystery of where did it come from? You know, maybe you encounter an NPC that says, I have tremendous magical power. I can grant you any boon you want. I can solve any problem that you have, but you gotta help me first. You gotta answer this question of, who am I? Where did I come from? How did I get here? What a fun kind of exploration that would be, I think. Um, that, that's so much room for really interesting role play helping an NPC. You know, traditionally, as a DM, you kind of put in NPCs and assume, they have all the knowledge that the DM has. It's kind of hard to, to break that tendency to not sort of metagame as a DM, right? That is but true, yeah. yeah. to to have a non-player character in your game that also knows nothing. They're not a person that exists just as a guide for your player. You have to help them answer questions about the world in the same way as your players are trying to answer questions about the world. And I think that'd be a really, really fun adventure to, to come across. You know, some ancient being says, I've been on this island for as long as I can remember. I don't know what came before, but I know that I was there before. It's just its just been so long. I don't know what, you know, what any of this was. I think that'd be really, really fun to explore that together as a group.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Chris, do you have another example for us?
2: Oh, I have numerous examples. <laughs> Give us one. Give us a good one. Okay. Um, so I've been playing a little Skyrim too, and I've been doing a lot of quests on Solstheim. Yes. Which yeah. I think is maybe part of a DLC.
1: It was a DLC. So Solstheim was originally introduced as a DLC in Morrowind in The Elder Scrolls 3, and then they brought it back in, I think, the... Dragon, Dragonborn, the Dragonborn, DLC. yeah, DLC in in Elder Scrolls Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I remember when they added it, I was like, "Oh my god, we get Morrowind <laughs> stuff in here!" I was so pumped about it. Yeah, I mm-hmm. love the Solstheim area in Skyrim.
2: Yeah, um, Soulsteem really cool because it's something that you don't even realize is there as you're kind of mm-hmm. navigating mm-hmm. the enormous regular map, and then once you get there, you kind of realize that you're in a little more over your head than you were. <laughs> yes, the enemies yeah. are way stronger and. It's like an alien world and there's weird cryptic quests that, I mean, kind of like you said about an all knowing being that gives you boons, like you have to go through these crazy dungeons, essentially, and and then it gives you like an ability at the end. And it's just so cool and weird and kind of feels like a diversion, but it's also its own thing and it's cool. Yeah,
1: the way that it's so self-contained like that I think is really interesting. You know, everything on Soulsthyme exists completely apart from everything that comes before it or after it. You know, you can Mm -hmm. kind of take a bite out of Soulsthyme. At any time in your Skyrim adventure, you know, and you don't really have to, you know, if you're sufficiently powerful enough to do it, that's really the only requirement, you know, right. Um. everything that is done on Solstheim, all that it requires is stuff that you find on Solstheim. And I think that's really neat, too. You know, if you're trying to, you know, say you have a putting this into kind of a D and d framework again, if you have a group that's been meeting for five years and it's, you know, it's tough especially in times like these, it's tough to get everybody together every week to play a game. You know, maybe you need to do a little kind of one-shot inside of your existing game. You could have a few sessions where, okay, only these three of our five players are available. Maybe we go to a little island and everything that happens there is just, it only happens on the island and it doesn't really affect the larger story. I think that's a cool mechanic to kind of utilize. And it's also sort of a nice handy little... I, it puts the handy in handicap for a DM I think because <laughs> you can utilize, you can you can sort of lean on that a little bit as a an out for you know having to always adhere to this really strict continuity for a really really long running game like that
0: Well that's one thing that I feel like you could even draw from sort of the things that are touched on in Lost as well is the idea that the island of Lost it sort of exists in this weird bubble kind of like it's away from the world and you couldn't get there if you wanted to unless the island wants you to find it yeah and so it's kind of also the idea that you know like what happens on the island stays on the island (laughs) i guess yes yeah so i i see that being applied in a similar fashion that also kind of reminds me of parts of the caribbean
2: the isla de muerta Mm -hmm. yes where it's like you only a certain person can find it and it's maybe it's moving or maybe it's like kind of some magical mystical thing and
0: yeah. No. What's the line? It's like an island that can't be found except by those who already know where it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah.
2: exactly. Which is
0: Yeah. It's is a really upsetting sentence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I
0: actually have a few uh piracy-related islands written yeah. down on my list, which I could just mention real fast because yeah, please mention. We don't <laughs> need to like. We don't need <laughs> to talk about them extensively. So please um, talk about pirates. I would you have. Know a...
1: I love a good lightning round. Oh for, yeah. Uh, for inspirations here.
0: Absolutely. No. So I've got Treasure Island and. Personally, I prefer one with Muppets. Yeah, uh we Then are. we have the uh, Isle de Muerta. Uh, I can't say this word. <laughs> Isle de la Muerta. The one that uh, you were talking about. <laughs> the Island of Death. I think, <laughs> I think
2: they call it Isla de Muerta. Isla de yes. Muerta. There we go. Yeah. Sort of. I kind of <laughs> said it.
1: <laughs> our, our- our frail english speaking tongues are not designed for this beautiful the Island that word. cannot yes. be
0: pronounced except I by those who already know how
1: to, to it. pronounce it. it. Yes. God, yeah. damn
0: it. Just me. Um and then of course tortuga. Oh my god, tortuga. Tortuga, <laughs> little <Absolutely>. England. Tortuga. Yes. <laughs> no, you're right. Like
1: okay, and I think that says a lot about, you know, like we were sort of saying the idea an island, it Every single one of those places has their own interesting flavor and their own, inter- you know, like the things that happen on those islands, none of that could happen anywhere else because, you know, Isla de Muerta has its own rules and Tortuga sort of has its own rules. Parlay so they- rules. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> The only universal rule is parlay. And I just want- damn to the depths be they that invented Parsic. parlay. Oh my
0: god! I just want to quote this entire movie now. Must Mustard restrictions is yes.
1: dangerous. So I, I think that's. I think that's really cool. I love the freedom that playing on an island gives you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually now want to talk about real quick um, one of my favorite of all time islands and an actual example that I do have is that of Neverland. I could not talk about islands and not talk about Neverland. Um, and I feel like for I, I feel like most people only think of the Disney animated movie when it comes to Peter Pan, less people have read the novel or seen other adaptations. But one of the things that I always thought was so cool about Neverland is even though it Existed before Peter Pan came there. He like bonded with the island so intensely that the island really responds to him. Like it's said that when he's gone, it kind of grows like darker and more cold. And when he returns, then the sun comes out and the island is more in, in the season of spring or summer. Um, there's also this really interesting sort of cycle that is explored there, which is really, really cool because we have these different sort of pockets of adventures that are kind of created for the sake of the children that live there. So there's like the Native American camp, there are the wild animals, there are the pirates, there's the mermaid lagoon, and there's this line in the book that talks about how every night the lost boys will go out in search of the pirates. And right behind them are the uh like the wild animals that are stalking the boys and right behind them are the Native American people who are stalking the animals and right behind them are the pirates who are chasing the Native American people. And it's this kind of endless loop of everybody chasing one another. And it's just there are so many cool things that are explored in that concept. And it's again, kind of like, Islands are these bubbles in these pockets where normal rules don't make sense. So it's like, of course this like works this way. And that's one thing that I've always really loved about just the kind of like, yeah, this is a fact and we are going to accept that and move on. Uh, so I'm, I love that a whole lot.
1: That, that endless cycle idea reminds me a lot. It sounds very much like kind of a, a Greek constellation myth or something, you know, that, you know, Ursa Major and Ursa Minor are being chased through the heavens constantly by a hunter <laughs> or something. You know what I mean? Like something like that, that there's, there's always this, whether you're looking or not, it's, it's going on. It's mm-hmm. this sort of endless cycle of, you know, death and rebirth or of, you know, whatever it is like that. I think that's really cool. Yeah. That exists outside of the, the sort of cycles that we see in day to day kind of waking life. It's, yeah. it's neat.
0: I think there's also a lot of really spooky things about Neverland that are really cool because to the children who go there it's just this paradise of fun and adventure but for the adults who for whatever reason find themselves stuck there it's kind of a prison because you're just like
1: all these fucking kids everywhere running everything
0: well no exactly I mean like I mean can we can we not all say if we were in Captain Hook's shoes if a little child chopped off your hand and then was like haha this is so funny and you're like I can't fucking leave and I hate you I would become a villain too.
1: I, I've never really <laughs> thought of that from Captain Hook's perspective of like I'm just minding my own business, a simple little pirate and some you know, prick a, kid a, a flies up and a passable you know, pirate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He sixes his goddamn crocodile on I me and I lose a hand. Like I would you're right, I would be pissed too. That would suck.
0: Yeah. I would also I would also gladly seek vengeance on this boy. <laughs>
1: for sure. Why for sure. me
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the next example that I have here, I actually have a real life Example that I want to jump into here is actually Alcatraz. Uh, I love the idea of an island that has a specific man-made, you know, designed purpose. Right? All that it, you know, it used to just be kind of a crummy little rock out out in out in the San Francisco Bay, and they said, "Hey, you know what would be a great idea? Put a bunch of prisoners, violent on it. criminals. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> Fill it with violent
1: criminals. Uh, it's sort of like Little Australia, kind of <laughs> in that way." Well,
2: the thing I also love about Alcatraz is that, like, not only is it ha- does it have its man-made purpose, but it also has kind of its own ecosystem that protects it yeah. and insulates it. Where the currents are so strong, and aren't there like a bunch of sharks? <laughs> around yes, exa- it too? exactly. So That's it's pretty awesome. much a guaranteed death sentence if you swim from or to it. Yes, despite the you know the couple handful of people yeah.
1: who have escaped Sean Connery I believe uh, is the only man who's ever been able to escape from the rock yes. uh, if if my memory of the Michael Bay film the rock uh, serves correctly <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think that's neat I think it's cool to just see like we we needed to fulfill a certain purpose and we said this island will do and that would be a fun place to go you know how do you get onto an island how do you get off of the island mm-hmm. like these are adventures in their own right you know yeah. that you don't have to have a big interesting you know combat sequence where you fight a giant dragon or a griffin or whatever it's just like can we get a boat <laughs> Like, yeah. can
2: we find a boat somewhere please so it's so much of a simpler problem and yet all the more debilitating yeah and, and more
1: interesting because of it mm. yeah sometimes you find mm. something very basic and and straightforward like that that's way more fascinating when you let your players just kind of muck around in it than the most contrived and complicated of story elements
0: Absolutely. I also think it's really interesting, just the idea too, that uh, like an island that because of the way that the shoal, the, the shores are and all of like the rocks around it and the constant storms, like maybe there's only a small window of time where you could actually get to the island, even if you had a boat. Mm. And you would also need somebody who knows, you know, where that cove is and exactly when, you know, to go in at low tide, when the storm breaks, things like that. I think there's so many complicated and natural, like, conflicts and problems that would arise it would be really cool
1: yeah it so that actually it makes me think of an island that we visited in our one of our d d games recently that I was really proud of this mechanic that um you you were trying to find this healer because my frogman character Renee he had been touched by this curse. It just was a curse that made him really sad and scared of everything. It was really tragic for this cute little frogman bard who just wants to sing songs and protect his friends. He just got real bummed out. And there, you know, you were trying to help him and you heard stories of this island that had, um, it had this, like, this gorgon sage that could heal anything. And when you got to the shore that you, you know, you heard was, you know, across from the island, there was just a boat there and there were no instructions or, you know, really kind of rules or, or, expectations of how you could get there, you were just kind of stuck with this boat. And you get out there and you ring up the sails and the wind just doesn't catch it. And you're like, I'm not really sure what to do. And the only hint that I really gave you guys was that the sail was shaped like a crescent moon. And the way you get there is just at, if you're on the boat at night, the wind kind of carries it to this island. And it wasn't really like a huge puzzle that I built, but I thought that was a really fun thing to, yeah, to sort of design that there is one way you can get here to this (laughs) island. You know, you can't really get there any other way, whether, whether that is controlled by magical means or, you know, real life. Kind of mechanical means. I thought that was a really cool thing, and we had a really fun role play interaction there too. That um, you know, the the three members of the party that went there. We had uh, we had an elf, we had uh, a human char- no, a, a vampire character, and my frogman character. And like, you know, my frogman just goes to sleep all the time. That's normal. The elf. <laughs> had never slept before in their life, you know? And when they get on this boat and the moon carries them there, they, they fall under a magical slumber. And the, you know, the vampire character, you have slept before, but you don't need to anymore. And so we had this really interesting discussion of what was this experience like for everyone? How, how horrifying would it be for a character who plays an elf to suddenly just fall unconscious and be totally helpless? Like, they'd never had an experience like that. Um and I thought that was really, really neat. Everyone kinda woke up and you know and Haley who played this elf character was like, What the fuck was that? Like I didn't I don't know what to do about this. How do you kind of how do you reconcile these experiences looking at this very simple thing from these different you know, characters' perspectives. I thought was really, really fun, and seeing the conversations you all had about that was really satisfying for me as a DM. And it just sprang from this really simple mechanic that you know you had to go to an island, and there was one weird way to get there, and it turned into a really cool conversation that you all had. I, so I, I have a few more examples I could give. I, I can just rush through. Uh, I had, I have to mention Isla Nublar and Isla Sorna from Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Um, of course like I said classically we always talk about how the heck do we get dinosaurs into this campaign put them on an island you don't got to worry about if dinosaurs work out in a fantasy setting or not just stick them on an island it's real fun you have a nice little like you know a, a short story arc on an island there's dinosaurs there it's going to be a great time
2: you get to leave when
1: you're done yes <laughs> yeah you get to leave you, you can wash your hands of this horrifying uh, experiment at playing god and creating dinosaurs yeah if you survive yes if you survive oh. that, that I think that would be a cool you know having a little dinosaur island as a short you know halloween's coming up have a little horror story arc you're trapped on this island full of these unkillable monsters you know no matter how powerful your your party is can you take down a tyrannosaurus rex probably not you know Mm -hmm. that would be a really cool thing i think to explore the other one that i want to talk about and this would be my last recommendation is uh numenor from lord of the rings i have to squeeze in my lord of the rings recommendation every week (laughs) of course uh numenor is essentially tolkien's attempt at you know inserting atlantis into the lord of the rings uh universe and basically it's this island that's situated between heaven and earth essentially and all of the men that live there they're kind of like touched by the light of heaven they were taught by the elves and by the gods how to be essentially the pinnacle of what humanity can be and um over the course of you know the thousands of years that numenor is kind of that you know the the most powerful sailing and most powerful like force of man in in the world they have this really kind of dramatic fall from grace and they turn from this shining beacon of hope and light in humanity to this kind of grotesque twisted corrupted force that that sauron came in and he kind of you know, turned them against the light of Eru Iluvatar. And, uh, it's, it's a really, really interesting story. And it ends as you would expect very tragically. And that's kind of the seeds of, you know, where, where we find Aragorn, who is a descendant of Numenor. That's why he is so great among men is because he has the blood of elves and the blood of the Numenorians. And that's, that's a really, really cool thing. Putting something like that in kind of the background of the universe, I think would be really, really cool too.
0: Um, I actually just want to do one more honorable mention and just mention, uh, the island of lost toys. Uh, <laughs> of course. All the sad yeah. reject toys go. It's run by a winged uh, lion, and that's good enough yeah. for me.
1: They got a train <laughs> with square wheels. They got a squirt gun that shoots jelly. Oh, they got, got a sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, they've got a little doll that can only cry or something like that. Uh,
0: yeah, even know. though yeah. everyone wants a crying doll. Yes, exactly. What is her damage? She's fine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> she does all the things that like a doll that you want to take care of would do. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> I don't know. Who keeps filling her with fake tears?
0: Yes, yeah, seriously. <laughs> exactly. Okay. The lion. Um, probably we want yeah. real sure. tears in our dolls thank you very much yeah. that's why she's a reject obviously
1: uh grace any last recommendations for fun little islands here
2: yes it's extra stupid but i just want to make a quick <laughs> shout out to the <laughs> the island above bikini bottom yes!
1: <laughs> yes! where yes, it's absolutely. so small
2: that you just have nothing and have to figure out what your next move is. Oh my god. You have one tree and some dubious sand <laughs> dubious. that dubious doesn't appear to connect to the and like, bottom oh, of the yeah. <laughs> ocean for some well, reason. A
1: weird like human hand <laughs> or foot shows up once in a while, like you never really know what's going Maybe on. Maybe a
0: pencil floats by.
2: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. there are
0: always artists paddling offshore. <laughs> <laughs> or Jim
2: Jarmish fishing
0: yeah, yes. for some yes. reason. Yes. <laughs> very good
1: i like that reference. i like that a lot too so let's maybe see if we can find a way then to kind of corral all of these wonderful exp- uh, explorations of these concepts into our own little creations here yes. uh and we are going to, as is typical for the show, use some very fun random prompt words to create our own islands. Each of us will make our own little island that, you know, maybe we'll have a cool mechanic, maybe have a cool little story, a cool ruler, a cool group of people that lives on it. But just give you the the seeds of some really fun islands that you could use in your stories your your campaigns your adventures maybe this island is the homeland of your next character maybe it's a a place that you go and solve a problem but uh Piper I am ready for a a mystical prompt if yeah. you are and I think as is traditional we should sacrifice our first prompt to our our lovely guest Grace.
0: I think what you mean is uh graciously donate our first prompt to our wonderful yes, guest. Yes, yes, of course. Um Bless Grace I I I want a little bit of input from you. Can you please tell me if you could choose evens or odds?
1: Oh, I love gamifying the prompts. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Let's go odds. Odds. Okay, so your word is applaud. Applaud. Yes. So now something about your island has to incorporate this word. Why are people clapping? Is it actually (laughs) people? Is it something else that's clapping? (laughs) Does it have to be clapping or can it be... Obvious approval. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's a good question. I say obvious approval. Yes, is yes. Fine. Cheering
1: or applause in yes. any in any perhaps which way or form. A out.
2: knowing nod in your direction. A knowing
0: nod. The island of nods.
2: <laughs>
1: yes, absolutely. Very good.
0: I can work with this. <laughs> what are some of your initial thoughts? Anything coming to mind right off
2: the bat? <laughs> um, the only thing I can think of right away is applaud from perhaps your fellow campaigners that you have done a good job within the (laughs) rules of this island so you're saying
1: you made a very
2: good island that everyone likes it's a little fourth wally though so (laughs) I'll, i'll need to sit with this for a
0: moment i was gonna say so that means that you on your island there are other people with you and you just said they are pleased with how you followed the rules so there are rules to your island it sounds like oh yes nice cool
1: you know what if you did something like maybe it was an island of like performers or entertainers or something the, wow so yes.
0: performers.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know maybe the thing that's most important <laughs> on this island was <laughs> i'm gonna give us a give us a moment yeah, here to regain <laughs> <laughs> you need to keep her
0: listen. Yeah.
1: I I like the idea of maybe an island. It was like an enclave for you know there there was like a carnival or something that when it's in the off season they go and live on this vacation beach or something. They're they're collecting everyone's applause year round and they use that to fuel their their spirit energy in the off season or something.
0: Or maybe Just full of carnies. <laughs> Maybe there was a cruise ship full of performers and it, like, crashed and sunk and only the performers made it. And so now it's just an island of cruise performers and entertainers.
1: That sounds fun to me. Oh,
2: my God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, it's like, uh, y- you know, we always joke about how the most obnoxious like state fair or or carnival personality to me is the jack sparrow impersonator just an ah. island full of people dressed like jack sparrow acting like drunken assholes all year yeah. year round that would be a true nightmare for me personally say, if sam
0: washed up on that island you would just turn right about right around and walk right back into oh, yeah. the sea yeah. and just drown <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> pull a um and clap uh-huh. as you die yes. <laughs> yes oh my god the applause could be a bunch of seals that are always like smacking their tummies. <laughs> I would like that a lot. That's I nice. Would,
1: I would like that a lot too, actually. Yeah. I, I like this angle. I think something about I, the the group of people trapped on this island yeah. or inhabiting this island are just, they're hungry for that approval from everyone else.
2: I'm kind of thinking of... Some kind of setup where it's, like, um, something you have to graduate from in order to leave. Ooh, nice. Because I, I would think that the like ultimate college? goal would be leaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, like, some sort of cryptic college that you have to infer the rules of, and, and eventually you'll earn your applause.
1: I like – that's cool, like – you, you end up on this island thinking, Oh, I'm going to go here and I'm, they're going to learn me something or other. But you're, you're actually kind of magically trapped here until you kind of pass the test of knowledge. Yeah. You're stuck on the island. You think, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to give them four years of my life. I'm going to get my bachelor's degree and, uh, take out a loan. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Christmas time comes around. Thanksgiving comes around. You want to visit your family and they're like, Oh, no, no, no. No, there's no vacations from the island. <laughs> We're, you're stuck here until you're done. You, you haven't achieved through. high enough marks.
2: Yeah. Oh my That's kind
1: of spooky and interesting. Yeah. yeah. There, there's like a, a judging body that says, once you're on the dean's list, yeah, sure, then you can go. But until then, you're trapped.
2: Except they don't give you the syllabus, so you don't know what you're reaching for. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, of course. It's college, the island experience. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. I like this. Academy island academy <laughs> I like it I
0: like it. you know what I think this would uh, one thing I'm picturing is I feel like the island would serve as almost like a trap for a bunch of like slackers because it's the kind of people who go to college and they would otherwise be forever seniors where they don't really pick a major and go to is-
1: college in Hawaii it'll be great we right. hang out on the beach all year
0: exactly they're like it's just gonna be a party all around but once they start to realize that they can't go home then it's designed to force them to focus on their studies and actually get better mm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We we could do our, you know, our favorite thing of, you know, there's there's the spooky old groundskeeper and you say, hey, I want to go home. How do I get home? And they go, home? There is no home. Hmm? There hasn't been home in 40 years. <laughs> We've been on the island for as long I as I remember. That yeah.
2: word yeah. around here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? You are home. Yeah. And anyway, have...
1: go back to your dorm built on the old Indian burial ground. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Um,
1: I I like that yeah so you got two more prompts Piper one for you and I to fight over like a a dog two dogs fighting over bones
0: yes exactly well (laughs) (laughs) well Sam do you want the next one or should it go to me Uh, you
1: can have the next one I think I I will graciously donate it to you
0: how kind all right then my prompt word is ultra ultra is my word Um, okay so with ultra I'm instantly thinking of like a brand and marketing um, <laughs> all right. My first thought, literally the thing that comes to my mind is what if there was like a big corporation and they bought an island that they could use to go and like test all their new products and stuff um maybe they're like a beauty supply company and the island is where they go to like you know test things because a lot of it is like weird spooky science but like in the you know normal stores they're selling you like lipstick and uh, fake eyelashes and stuff like that (laughs) it's kind of i almost like i'm afraid this is going to devolve into like an island of dr parnassus or whatever it's called well it's like (laughs) yeah yeah the guy who has like all the spooky like animal people that he like experiments on. Um,
2: it's it's funny that you say that because when I hear "ultra," I think of MK Ultra,
0: yeah, which oh, yeah. was like the yeah. secret
2: program yeah. that was, I think, testing acid on. People's brains. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. they, well, they
1: gave acid. So, like, you're to dead a, on.
2: Yeah. They, <laughs> well, hell yeah.
1: They also gave acid to a bunch of cats and just were like, "What happens <gasps> when these cats are on acid?" Oh, it was man. it was a messed up program. No. <laughs>
0: yeah, dude. Okay, my island is definitely going to be like a spooky island that Smart. is spooky island, and I I oh. I kind of want to make it partially sad and say that they like they take when like prisons or like mental hospitals get too full they send people here I like, guess like horrible as that Shutter sounds Shutter Island? I well, know well, right?
1: Okay but I do love that because what an you know you can choose as a party to come and liberate this island or you can say nah we're fine with like this corporation having a tax haven where they can do all their spooky spooky experiments <laughs> you know <laughs> as long as they're not doing it on the mainland it's okay with us you know? S-
2: Switzerland as an island. Oh my god
0: Evil Switzerland I actually think what I would do if, if I was telling a story around this is that uh, we have like an, an average Joe Schmoe, like Mary Sue character, and they maybe seemingly at the beginning accidentally get sent here along with a bunch of criminals and like mentally ill people, and they're like, I'm not supposed to be here, this is a mistake. But or then, maybe they
1: intentionally get, well, no, they hide themselves as a yeah. Well
0: that's the thing, is that later it's revealed actually somebody sent you here on purpose because like maybe you're a journalist and you know too much yeah. and they sent you here to get rid of you or something Classic. like that. Like yeah. your
1: like your favorite woman, Nellie Blythe.
0: Well, she went right. there intentionally. Yeah. She volunteered yeah. to yeah. expose how horrible uh, in- mental institutions were for yeah. ladies.
1: But but that's what I mean. Like yeah. you know, say maybe you maybe you're a party full of paladins. You have to do good all the time, and you hear about this weird island. You say, "We got to get in there. Let's pretend to be." Let's get arrested. Let's get captured on purpose so that we can get sent off to this island and from the inside, you know, take it down and and liberate these people. I think that would be a really interesting adventure. How do you escape? The whole story is just an escape from this, you know, an Alcatraz style prison island where also they're doing spooky American horror story experiments on you.
0: I was gonna say, I feel like one like scene and scenario that's coming to my mind is that maybe there are rumors that are spread about this place because it's, it's very much covered up. It's not like in the books Um, and different like fishermen perhaps who have like spotted the island offshore they've told tales of seeing like beautiful women walking the beaches there and so maybe somebody goes to check it out and when you get there it's very uh like foggy and you see like someone coming through like the shadows and you see the silhouette of like maybe someone who's very curvy with like long flushes like luscious hair but as they emerge closer you actually see it's this like person who's got all of this like horrifying like makeup all over their face because they're like you know been tested on with all of the the press, the Ooh,
1: oh my the god, cosmetics. yeah, they, <laughs> they're, they're like, so, like so, fifteen layers of mascara, and they're the like, with
0: makeup, yeah, <laughs> right,
1: amazing.
0: Well, maybe they do look really beautiful, but like, there's actually all this toxic stuff in the in the yeah, makeup that they're putting like, on, eating away their skin, right? Or so it's like no. making them go crazy, and you're like, hello, beautiful lady, and they come at you, and they're like, ah, like trying to bite your face off, and like, oh no, <laughs>
1: they they sort of become this, just cannibals, yeah. <laughs> this, this sort of like capitalist like hag or like zombie <laughs> thing, basically. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> be 100% hag. <laughs> yes, yes. We've
1: finally achieved 100% hag. Ben and Joe, you can take that one to the bank.
0: So uh. yeah, no, I think that that's the basis of mine. It's like uh, a spooky island where this uh, corporation does. They test all of their cosmetics and things, and, uh, I'm sure every now and then, like, the government will contract them to test something much more wicked, and they're like, ah, yes, we want to see if we can actually, um, I don't know, uh, erase all, like, happy memories. So only when, only people have sad ones left, and we can use that on our enemies or some shit. I don't know, like, figure out if that's possible. And they're like, anything for money, sure.
1: But, you know, that being the idea, again, just anything, and no experiment is off limits. Right. no line that won't be crossed on this island like it, it's something that can be viewed as universally evil you know like i i think that's really interesting no matter what your background is you can come here and say these fuckers gotta be stopped <laughs> well know?
0: yeah no that's the thing is like in the spooky like advertising that would come with this place it's like that's the ultra promise like and you want it tested Ooh. we'll do it oh, it's like yeah. all the spooky recordings of like cave johnson and portal yes, 2 yes uh, like <laughs> <laughs> Shit like that. It's like, no, we're here to make sure that your products are one hundred percent safe. Let all the accidents happen on the island. Then, when they go to the mainland, everything will be one hundred percent guaranteed satisfaction. Yeah,
1: I I love that, and I really like the the sort of the the power of this sort of experience to bind a party together that Mm -hmm. anyone can Mm -hmm. sort of say, I know I get why this is bad. We all want to show it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's hard sometimes to find ways to motivate your entire party to do the same thing, you know, to to have a common goal. Everybody has their own interests and their own sort of agendas and sort of catalyzing everyone to move in one direction like that. I think there's a lot of power behind a place like this to do that. I Mm -hmm. think that's, a really handy thing to have in your back pocket as a DM is just say something everyone can hate together.
0: Yeah. Also, like, what a spooky threat to say, like, if you don't, like, meet your quota this month, I'm gonna send you to the island. Not that that's something that could be done and, like, would be totally, like, not kosher by the actual company standards, but if you were high up enough and somebody knew about it, it'd be a spooky-ass threat.
1: You're gonna get shampoo squeezed into your eyes like <laughs> like so many little <laughs> test dogs. you are <We're> gonna
0: put <laughs> so much lipstick on your face you won't even know up from down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, oh, <no." laughs> I I love that I, I love this horrifying nasty place. It is like a weird <laughs> a weird scary horror story. Uh, Piper, if you get a prompt, you can you can lay on me here real quick.
0: Yes, I do. Quite. I mean, depending on where you take this word, uh, it could be quite the opposite of what I've just described. <laughs> Your prompt word is tart.
1: Tart! Ooh. Okay. So it's like an island of bakers, right? It's a little bakery island. See, that's
0: where my mind went <laughs> yeah. first was like pastries, but it could yes, also be now. tart, as in like, ooh, like that's kind
2: of tart. Yeah. Okay. Wait, that was some little. Some. Yeah. I, I, this tart is rather
0: tart. Yes. <laughs> maybe it's both.
2: You know,
1: maybe it's an island where there's a specific type of fruit or something that grows there that it's highly coveted because you know it's it's a, a very Pleasant, sour, flavored fruit that can't grow anywhere else. And that would be something that, you know, like East India Trading Company, whatever the fantasy edition of that would be like, we're going to come here and we're going to exploit this island for this thing. Um, I, I kind of want to put a twist on it. Maybe, maybe it's, it's not just a normal island. It, it should be something where, yes, there's this resource that can only grow here. It, it exists, but why, right? Why can it only grow here? Maybe the reason is because the island isn't, it's not just like dirt and stone like any other landform. Maybe it's an island that's like on the back of a great beast. It's like a turtle or a whale or you something. I love that. Show. I love this idea. I always <laughs> yeah. love doing this. Um, it's, it's like a big turtle that sails around and the, the minerals that are in the turtle shell or something feed into these trees, into these plants that give it this tart flavor that isn't, it, that, that chemical composition doesn't exist anywhere else.
0: Sam, I want to challenge you because it's easy to do an island on the back of a turtle. And oh, yeah, it's <laughs>
1: really, you know, why don't you do it, Piper? No, okay. I'm
0: just saying. So I, if you if your island exists on the back of an animal, I want to challenge you and say it can't be a turtle or a whale. What would you make it?
1: God damn you, Piper! Yes, make it outside you. the box. Ooh, I know
0: what I would
1: do. <laughs> oh, what would you do, Grace? What
2: would you do, Grace? A stingray. Ooh, oh, that's, that's a good one. Okay, yeah. and what I what I
1: love <laughs> about that is the stingray can you know they can like leap out of the water and like glide away. So maybe occasionally the stingrays can.
0: Yeah
1: it it can go from island island to sky island. <gasps> Ooh, like sky that would island. be really Ooh, really sky cool. Island. Yeah.
0: Sky island, sky island, full of
2: bakers. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> I'm into this. I'm into this. The, they don't the, have enough sugar. <laughs> the indigenous inhabitants of this island learned to use these fruits in, you know, you know in a, they, they've accessed paradigms of baking that, you know, the mainlanders could only dream of, you know, legends foretell of the perfect tart <laughs> that can only be cooked in the confines of this sky slash ocean island.
2: I mean, maybe the ray even can, you know, lift them up to hanging things that are not accessible from the water. Oh,
1: yes, yes. Or like yeah.
2: capture certain minerals from the airstream and.
1: Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, you know, or you know how, things. you know when you, like that. if you, uh, if you're following a recipe on the, you know, on, you're trying to make some cookies or whatever and you, you look at your, your bag of flour and it says, uh, you know, you gotta cook it at 350 degrees yeah, like for, altitude. for 45 minutes. Yeah, exactly. If the altitude is higher, yeah. you gotta cook it a little hotter for a little longer, right. you know, vice versa, <laughs> right. whatever. Uh, that, that would be something the people of this island would be well attuned mm. to. They would know no matter what altitude you're at. They could, they could whip up a batch of cookies on the top of Mount Everest, like, you, you know, right. like nobody's ever seen before. Exactly. I think that'd be, that'd be cool. What a cool cultural skill for a group of people to have too is just the best bakers in all the land.
2: I mean. Is this something that they can control where this ray goes or is it something kind of like the earth where it's on a course and they have to work with it and predict what's going to happen and how they react to it?
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe it's a little bit like the way that Ben can kind of communicate with the island sometimes as sort of like a last resort. Yeah, like I I think they are attuned to this island, but it's not something they they can just say, hey, Ray, you got to turn left over here. The the island goes where it wants to go, but – They have a connection. Maybe there's like an elder or something like that on the island that is constantly communing with it. And if they say, Mm. you're in danger island. They can somewhat influence it, but it's not like, you know, steering a car. It's a, it's a, it's yeah. an activity that takes a great amount of effort and a great amount of time, perhaps.
2: They have the sight.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> the, the shining.
0: Yes. <laughs> I'm curious, Sam, does your island, does it spend most of its time up in the air flying around or does it kind of fluctuate between like skimming the surface of the ocean and taking up to the sky?
1: I think it's definitely more interesting to have it existing mostly in the sky. I mean, we've got two sort of terrestrial islands here um, and I want to be extraterrestrial cool. a little bit. So, uh, I, I think having it be like a sky ray that's always just kind of gliding through the clouds just cool. just out of sight, uh, sort of uh
0: like a Yes,
1: I was just going to say, sort of Laputa style, like always just above the cloud lines. And then it has to come down to the water. Maybe that's when it's you know, the island is in danger when it's in the water because it has to come down to sort of Hmm. To you know, to, yeah, to sift replenish krill
0: resources. Yes,
1: yeah. replenish itself of water and 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 sift all the krill through its baleen, salinity and things like that. Yeah, exactly.
0: Sam cannot talk about uh, aquatic creatures without <laughs> mentioning sifting krill through baleen. I love
1: krill. I love krill
0: and baleen. <laughs> yes,
2: it's like a broomstick.
1: Exactly. No, I. <laughs> I I think that's definitely the more interesting of the two options to have have an island in the water all the time or an island in the sky all the time. You're gonna go with a sky island, right? Like sky island. Yeah, sky island. It's a question I ask myself almost every day. I think Mm -hmm. is would I go with a skyland or an island? (laughs) And I choose the skyland. (laughs) Skyland. And I would challenge you listeners to to ask yourself (laughs) the same question (laughs) to choose the skyland. Yeah, I two roads diverged in a wood, and I chose. (laughs) The island less watered. It's in the water. I don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Wood Island? (laughs) Island.
1: This This one's getting away from me a little bit here. So maybe, do do we want to revisit one of your two islands? Because I'm kind of liking where this is shaping up. Should we maybe each kind of come up with a little conflict or something that happens on our islands?
0: I think so. I was actually going to turn it back to Grace real quick and ask, so your university island, what is the kind of like degree that someone could expect to get there?
1: (laughs) You could become the international man of mystery. First
0: of all, I want to establish that this island is
2: called Academy. Island Academy. Academy Island Academy. It's yes. nice. It's like how And you could do
0: catamarans around the island? <laughs> <laughs> catamarans?
2: It,
1: it makes me think of how uh Slip Slip and Jimmy got his law degree on, in American Samoa or something like that. It's, it's like not an accredited university. Du- university, <laughs> yes. <Yeah. Samoa. laughs>
2: he has the sweater to prove it. <laughs>
1: yes.
2: This island doesn't have sweaters, but it
0: has loincloths
2: with the insignia
0: on them. Oh, my God. Grace, I feel like you're going into a, this club has everything.
2: (laughs) This island's got everything.
1: Honestly, like, I really wish that my college had loincloth swag. That would be really cool to have a a big uh, Minnesota State University Mankato M on a loincloth. I'd wear that every day of my life, you know?
0: When you get to the island, do they take your suitcase and throw it into the sea? Like, do they, are you like loincloths only? Like, jungle clothes only? Only jungle clothes. You'll earn your
2: your street clothes.
1: All the businesses on this island have signs that say no shirt, no shoes, service.
2: Shirt, shoes, no service. Exactly, exactly. I think what you'd learn on this island, um, It might have some performative aspects, maybe Mm -hmm. some bard skills to carry you through your vast travels. Cool. (laughs) But I think the main thing that you would gain through your experience at the Academy (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Academy
2: (laughs) would be (laughs) be first to be able to subsist from the island alone Mm -hmm. and not with any belongings that you have. Because I think it's a big trope when... You arrive on an island to be stripped of everything. Yeah. Like, like to, Eventide. Yeah. Yeah. And to have to adapt to new rules. Um, I mean, it's the same in like Castaway or movies like that where it's like you need to learn a completely different way of living. Yeah. And then I was kind of thinking about Lost mm-hmm. and I've never watched Lost, but my idea of it, just from what you described, is that there's a lot of tension and dynamic things happening between the characters themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Not just outside forces. Yeah. So I think it would be an interesting dynamic to have everyone kind of on an equal playing field. Um, I mean, maybe there's like different roles that people fill or maybe their race or whatever is stripped away and they have to, you know, exist on the same plane and kind of work with each other to gain the skills that they need to thrive and eventually be able to
1: leave. I, I think a cool way to maybe explore this, if we want to talk mechanics of that, is everyone comes to the island and you lose, like, your most important sense. Either when mm. you go there, you become blind or you go deaf like or your you lose special your, ability. Yeah, exactly. Like something is stripped away from you so the thing that you have relied on for, you know, most of your life to get by is just gone. And so, yeah, mm. like it puts everybody, like you said, on an even playing field. I think that'd be really cool, you know?
2: On an even tide. An Yay. even
1: tide. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, you know um, imagine... <laughs> You know, your, your wizard loses their ability to cast spells. Your cleric can no longer heal. Your fighter loses all their proficiencies with, you know, with heavy armor and weapons. Like everybody kind of starts back at ground zero and yeah. you have to rebuild these you would have to reclaim these sort of techniques that you lost I think that would be a really really cool adventure to, yeah. to sort of maybe you don't even remember that you had them like how do you get back to this place that you once were at someone on the island must be the keeper of all of these lost skills there's like yes. a, a library where every single person that lands on the island has a book where they write Ooh. down all the skills they lost that would be really really interesting to me Ooh. just the librarian who exists on the center of the island and the- and this old sage that says I control what what comes and what goes from the island. If we don't deem you worthy, your skills stay here and you are cast out.
0: Mm. What I really like about that too is once a person has successfully proven themselves on the island, I can then see yeah this person coming to them with this book and they're he- and they're like here take this it's all that you came here with and if you like open the book and read it then you reabsorb all of that plus all these new abilities and confidence and survival skills that you've otherwise developed. Oh yeah. my God. So
1: imagine a heist of the, you know, somebody would know all of the skills of all of these people are kept in this library. Wow. If somebody said, I want to break in and I want to learn all the knowledge of all the people who have ever been here. You, you know, you leave with a couple of books. It's like the scholastic book fair all over again. You know, <laughs> it's like, like you're a uh, little fifth grade nerd's dream. You know, you get all yeah. the coolest books imaginable and you become a a God of the arena, a god of magic, a god of of healing powers, any ability you want, you can just get for free by stealing all these books.
2: Yeah. I mean that could be something that maybe the characters could band together and try to do, or maybe they yes. would have to work together to protect it from some other person coming yeah, in to try to absolutely. take that mm-hmm. from them
0: too. No, I, my mind was kind of going along those same lines. I can see a lot of the people who get there, they're like, okay, like, this is wild, but we're going to knuckle down and we're going to do this because that's how we're going to get out of here. Mm-hmm. But maybe there would be one, like, odd guy out who's like, no, screw this. You can't take everything right. away from me. I'm going to go and steal those books. Like, For sure. it's mine. Yeah,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to follow the rules of the island. Yeah.
0: I feel like the island would be a place where you either send people to like become leaders or people volunteer to go there because they're like true survivors and leaders emerge from this island and I want to become that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The island is like a testing ground. It's a crucible. You know, what one way or another you are, you are different. Whether it is just that you regained your abilities that you lost when you came to the island or if you have some kind of greater evolution, when you leave, you are different in some fundamental way. It, it has changed right. you and evolved you into something kind of bigger than yourself. Even if your skills remain the same, you've learned from this experience somehow. Right. So I think that's really interesting. That's a cool sort of stepping off point, I think. You know, maybe this would kind of be a fun thing is playing a and d character that. You're starting a session at level one, but previously they were like a, you know, level 20, like epic level character. And they went to this island and failed the test and they lost everything. And that's where you're starting. You have to say, I know that I've failed this test. That's a huge chip on my shoulder. You know, what kind of story do I want to tell now, knowing that, you know, I, I, I spat in the face of God and was, you know, denied. I, you know, I was cast out essentially. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think, if I can jump back over to my island real quick, yeah. one thing that I was thinking as far as when we're talking about like conflicts and such, going off of that idea that I kind of mentioned earlier, like if our perspective character is someone who ends up here you know by mistake or they were put here to be like gotten rid of or something um uh, but the the point is is that they're technically a good person and they have all their capacities. Um and so they're like, you know what? I like the idea of this person deciding to organize all of those held prisoner here for all these tests and experiments and say we're going to revolt. And I think what they would need to do first is like identify, you know, like the prisoners and, and those kind of people who have more of their, you know, mental capacity who can then kind of like reason with them and, you know, make these plans and say, okay, here's the thing, they're not allowed to experiment on us anymore. And there's more of us and there are the guards and the people running this organization. So if we're smart and we do this, this right, then we can, you know, break out. But I think one thing that would be really cool, too, is that maybe there's, like, Kind of like a spooky side effect of a lot of these experiments is that maybe some people, you know, they accidentally get like way stronger than they were before.
1: Yeah, they mutate. Right. So now they have certain abilities
0: and it's like, we can use this. Like we aren't just their, their rats. They can run us through their (laughs) maze. Like you're going to use your strength and you're going to use your like new ability to kind of communicate with electricity and things like that. And it's like, we're going to break out of here.
1: Yeah, that's really, really cool. That actually, it makes me think a lot of, I talked last week on the podcast how I just picked up, um, the game Divinity Original Sin 2. And I had, I had watched some gameplay of it, but I hadn't actually played yet when we recorded last week. And the sort of starting island, the the starting sort of tutorial area of the game is a lot like that. Um, you basically are these, there, there's this thing called Source, which is essentially just magic in this world. And if you can use Source, you are a sorcerer, like, S-O-U-R-C-E. Um, and when you use source, these kind of eldritch, like horrors, these, these abominations called the void woken appear just in droves as kind of a response to the use of this magic. So this group called the magistrate comes and they say, we gotta, we gotta get rid of source, we gotta get rid of source users. So they're, they take all of these sorcerers and they ship them off to this prison island and they basically do experiments like this on them to try and drive all the source out of them. And what ends up happening in a lot of cases is, you know, they, they do these really like inhumane, terrible experiences, experiments, and it kind of, it sort of steals their soul from their body and they become these just sort of hollow husks. And one of the ways that, you know, that the first major quest in the game is trying to find a way to escape this island and stop these magisters from sapping all of the magical energy from everybody in the game. And... Uh, one, there, there's several ways to get off the island and one of them is just you find people who are sympathetic to the cause of the sorcerers and you lead a revolt and just murder all the magisters on the island and escape. Um, yeah, it's, it's super cool. It's a, I, I mean, I love murdering a bunch of evil scientists. Like, it's always, it's a, that classic experience that we all love to have.
0: Well, I think one thing that would make it a little more interesting and and add some depth to it is I feel like a lot of, obviously, the scientists and the guards that are working here are not great people because they're willingly doing this and all this stuff. But I think at some point in this game or this story, you would need to encounter some sort of quasi-innocent scientist person who... The,
1: the resistance, yeah. Well,
0: no, no, no. I was gonna say, they are doing these experiments on people, but they are believing the lies and the marketing of the corporation. They're saying, like, because oh, the, okay. the marketing is saying, like, oh, like, you like, we are making these people better. These were, like, the outcasts of society and it's fine that this is happening because the what the work you're doing is leading to, like, better things. And that person actually, like, believes it. And they're like, I, I didn't think... They told us that we aren't actually hurting these people. And I thought that was true. And, and I, I think this is okay, right? And so there's not always a kind of a black and a white thing. And you have to decide, can I convince this person to join us? Can, do I have to kill them? Blah, 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 that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's drawing the line between the true believers and the, you know, the individuals who are just kind of beguiled by a, you know, a pretty story. They say, we're trying to help the world. And they think, cool, I want to help people. That sounds great. Yeah. And maybe they they kind of put up these sort of mental blocks where they separate the evil they're doing from the act itself, right? right? They, they can think, well, it's for the greater good. Uh-huh. You know, I don't know. And those people could be turned back to your side. They can be shown the error of their ways. Whereas there are true believers who are like, no, 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 no. These are, you know, these people suck. It's cool to do experiments on them. They don't matter. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, not to get way too real with it or anything. <laughs> I mean, like that, that's a thing that's happened in the real world many, many times throughout history. But like, that's kind of an important thing, I think, to grapple with and, and to look at these sort of things through the lens of role play and sort of say, Hey, are we good people? Do we do the right thing in these situations? That's kind of an interesting experiment. I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. like Grappling with the prominent rationale and finding ways to, you know, prove or disprove it. And,
0: absolutely convince others
2: <laughs> right absolutely.
0: because i think one thing that also maybe those people who are in the middle would draw attention to is you know you're leading a revolt and probably you're killing a lot of these bad people in the process and maybe that's what they see they're like you are killing the scientists and the guards who are here to you know help you and protect you and you have to say no but they're not helping us and protecting us they never were right. so it's okay that we're doing this and that kind of like you know moral gray area i don't know i just kind of want to i like the idea of bringing that into something so it's not so like good guys versus bad guys Mm -hmm. kind of a thing yeah
1: i i love it so we've got we've got one cool island with there's this sort of weird experiment going on and you get to decide do you side with the experimenters or do you side with the people kind of leading resistance trying to escape like Mm -hmm. that's a cool moral conundrum where your party could fall on either side of that and it would be really interesting either way i think if you want to play an evil party you know we're playing an evil group right now Mm where Dr. Ricard Morva would be like, yeah, dude, experiment on people, like bring up some dead bodies and like see if we can reanimate them. Like Mm -hmm. I think he would love an opportunity like that. Whereas, you know, with our other campaign a group of people who are very protective of the weak and innocent, they would say, "Now we're going to burn it to the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like 100%.
0: Yeah. One thing I keep going back to when I think about sort of a kind of wrap up for my story is I like the idea that if you and your, your group were successful in kind of overthrowing the people who are keeping you here, uh, then there's the idea of like, okay, well you're free now let's leave the Island. And I like the idea that there would be a group of people who would say, actually, we're gonna stay here. Like, where can we go? If we go back to the mainland, we're too different now, and there's no place for us there. Mm-hmm. So we've taken over this island, and we're going to make this into like our our own place now, and kind of reclaim it as their own.
1: It it makes me think of at the end of Schindler's List. You know, you know, everyone spends you know years and years in this work camp, and they're finally freed. The war ends. Oscar Schindler, you know, goes to these great lengths to say, you know, protect them all over. You know, over the course of this this movie. And real life, of course. Um, And at the end, you know, they're free to go and they just kind of say, we don't – we don't really have anywhere to go now. We don't really know what to do. Like, the life that we had doesn't exist anymore. We can't just go back to that. We have to build something new. And I think that would be a really interesting outcome to this is, yeah, the the people who were sort of – Subjected to this terrible experience, they get to create a new nation for themselves. And, you know, maybe mm-hmm. this would be a fun thing in your game to say, okay, we solved this quest. You know, this all ended. Let's jump ahead 10 years and see what's now taken the place of this, of, you know, of, of mm-hmm. this horrible island where all these terrible things yeah. happened. You know, yeah. has, has it grown into a paradise and like sort of a sanctuary for these people have, were there people who said, no, we want to fight back. We have to get revenge on all of them. Has it turned into sort of a corrupted, twisted, mm-hmm. kind of – it's sort of a new version of the same thing, just with a different sort of group of victims? Like, I think there are so many fascinating directions that could go that are all interesting explorations of like, what are humans capable of? What would would real <laughs> people actually do in response to something like this, right? Great
2: question.
1: Yeah. yeah. And we would hope that it would become – you know, a beautiful sanctuary where now everyone is welcome and everyone is safe. But like, is that What would actually happen?
0: Oh my God. I just had a thought. What if we like zoomed it out and put on our little tin hat and like the main character like gets away from the (laughs) island, right? And they go and they find the boss of this like ultra corporation and they tell them, they're like, I did it. I liberated everybody and now they're free and they're going to like create their own society there. And the person sitting in the chair is like, ha ha ha. That was the experiment I wanted to run (laughs) in the first place. Now the real, he's like, now the real experiment begins. We will see, like, what society comes, and I will gather all of the data, and you can never go back to the island and let them know that this is happening. And the person's like, no, and then they, like, grab them or something. That
1: that makes it more evil than if it was, you know what I mean? Yeah, (laughs) it's so much more evil, like, to to say I'm knowingly going to... Put these people through this horrifying like ordeal yeah. because I want them to like, suffer and then overcome it and then just see what happens. Right? I'm like, like yeah. oh my god, yeah. I know, right?
0: Not to make it super evil and dark like I always do, but I don't know. Just that seems like a fun kind of like what That's some Kaiser Soze shit right there. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh,
0: Sam how how do you see um some more things happening with your sweet flying island of bakers? Well,
1: yeah. I want to I want to real quick I want to touch it. on one other interesting possibility i think instead my- yeah in- instead of making it really depressing and Aww. have somebody go back and say oh my god you know this was my plan all along i wanted <laughs> both sides to suffer to see what would grow out <laughs> of the ashes right to have You know, the the leader of this, you know, group of people that was experimented on and they were like kind of subjugated to leave the island to grow into some great, you know, business person and then show up and buy the corporation, buy Ultra Corporation and stroll into the CEO's office and say, you, sir, are fired. (laughs) You know, like I've bought your corporation. That would be the ultimate kind of fuck you to this is to say – I've not only overcome your, you know, this horrible trial you've put us through, but I've become greater than you could ever have been. And I didn't do it through the torture and subjugation of a group of people. I did it through, you know, surviving and, like, overcoming this. Like, I think that's really in- – that would be really interesting, like, hey, cool, we did a good one <laughs> kind of thing.
0: And clever businessman skills. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> um I think that would be an interesting alternative outcome to this. But totally. uh uh, if we want to talk about an Isle of Bakers, I, you know, we've had, we've had, I think, a pretty serious, uh, story here. We've had a story that's like both kind of serious and silly. I want to go like full, full goof mode, goof yeah, troop goof mode, on this one. Please. Um, so I think, you know, what's, what's more, what's a more appropriate enemy for an island full of bakers than what? Like an island full of like, I don't know, barbecue enthusiasts or something, you know? There, there's one supreme school of cooking, and that's baking. And anybody who wants to cook on an open flame with meat and barbecue sauce, they're doing it the wrong way. It's all about confectioner's sugar and, uh, you know, fun, like, cotton candy that we pull from the clouds. Like, anybody who eats cows, no way. Get out of here. Oh, my goodness. Uh, wow. I think I think the... The battle between the barbecue enthusiasts and the, the bakers would be, you know, the, the trial of the century for this mana- manta ray me, flying she island, is right?
0: i Grace's squinty eyes.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Grace isn't window. into it. She's that's, not into it.
2: That's not quite the dichotomy I would have chosen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, okay. So it maybe pose to me a greater enemy to bakers than barbecue enthusiasts. I don't know. Microwave enthusiasts? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Okay. They're trying to make those like little chocolate mug cakes. Or, yeah. And the baker. <laughs> Are like, it's an abomination. No.
2: That or like that episode of SpongeBob where King Neptune challenges him to a, you know, to a burger off. Yeah. And and SpongeBob makes one really you know, nicely and reads the pickles of bedtime story. Yes. <laughs> yes. So,
1: so it it becomes like the great British bake-off. Yeah. Essentially it's magic
2: a, and yeah. confectionery skills. Okay.
1: Actually, no, I love this. I love the idea of the party comes to this Island thinking, you know, Oh, it's this, this lost Island of, of Lemuria or Atlantis or Numenor or whatever. You know, it's this only the greatest magics are housed here. We've searched, scholars have searched their whole lives and they get there and it's not this library of, you know, ancient tomes of divine power. It's just like a reality show. It's a recipe
2: book. Yeah, exactly. It's the
1: greatest recipe book ever and everyone who comes there, they enter into a bake-off and only this, you know, the winner of the bake-off gets to walk away with all of these, these divine cookie recipes or something like that. That would be, I think, a really fun kind of goofy just sort of side story for a group you stumble into this place thinking it's going to house untold secrets of ancient lore and it turns into which member of your party would be the best at making a really really good you know chocolate ganache or something like that I, I would love that
0: well it kind of- makes me think of um, our, some of our podcast friends who have uh, the Dragon Win- Wings yes, podcast. Yes, yes, Dragon Wings. Where yeah. their entire campaign is based on them trying to find, like, the most perfect, like, what, dry rub yeah, recipe? Yeah, the, the
1: most perfect dry rub <laughs> recipe for the Dragon Wings. It's... <laughs> oh my god. Okay. That's an early rec room. Please go and listen to Dragon Wings. Yes. They're incredible. What a, what a hilarious group of just goofy guys and gals from the UK that have a hilarious actual play about chicken wings. And their Twitter presence is incredible too because all they do is post about all the chicken wings they eat. Like, they're so committed and so over the top. Like, they eat more chicken wings than any you know, group of people reasonably should ever consume and they're, they're always eating chicken wings and they're always posting pictures of it. It's so funny. They're such a great group of people. We love them.
0: Well, that's one thing I wanted to ask you, Sam, is that if all the people on this island are extremely talented bakers and they make all of these amazing confections, are they rather plump or is there something about maybe their metabolism that they're like, we can eat all these sweets <laughs> all day long and we never gain a pound? Like, does that matter at all here?
1: I want to say that they, you know, I, I think You know, what's the saying? Like, you, you can't trust a skinny chef because you don't want to trust a chef that doesn't, they, they don't, they should look like they eat their own food or whatever, right? So, you know, maybe that is sort of the idealized sort of form for someone on this island to take is you should be, you should, you should be a, a, you know, a big round person because it looks like you trust your own cooking, right? I think that's kind of cool. I also, I kind of like the idea that there's different disciplines of baking on this island. Like in the same way as in Pokemon, we have different gym leaders that have different Pokemon types. There would be like, here's the, the cookie gym leader and here's the cake gym leader and here's the pie gym leader. Like all of these different disciplines of baking would kind of thrive in different areas of this island, you know? I think that would be so fun to have a group travel around and say, i want to learn the secrets of of the ultimate chocolate mousse you know the ultimate creme brulee and i how will i turn this into a fighting skill
0: <laughs>
2: please teach me tapioca master <laughs> yes, it's Like
0: yes. one night in a dark tavern you were approached by a hooded figure and they lean close <laughs> and they whisper do you know the muffin man
2: <laughs> <laughs> the muffin man he's right over be, there he would be the president of this island <laughs> he's yes he's
0: me i am he the muffin man <laughs>
2: I love this.
1: (laughs) I I loved – like, what silly conflicts would arise from this, right? Like, the the people would say, no, pie is the the apex form of baking. No, 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 obviously cakes are the apex form of baking. I was just going to say, there's
0: definitely, like, a feud going on between the pie nation and the cake kingdom. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, of (laughs)
1: course. Of course. There's, like, a civil war between them all, and maybe you have to broker a peace treaty. Between them all, by baking a confection that combines it's the skills cake. of every single type of of baking, yes, scone nut, yes, yeah, absolutely. Oh That's the God. thing. I I think. Just setting a and d party loose on this and say, how do you, what, what skills do you have that you think are relevant here? You know, how are you going to use your handle animal skill to solve these problems or whatever other, you know, whatever skill your, your party excels at. Water breathing. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> find a way to incorporate this in the-
0: <laughs> I have a really stupid joke to make and feel free to veto me but I feel like the leader of this island would <laughs> needs to be uh, a queen and her name is Lazy Susan uh, cause she like at the capital she like rotates all the sweets in an equal balance <laughs> no I kinda I kinda
1: she's love that actually Lazy
0: yeah. Susan her throne spins <laughs> yeah, absolutely maybe she's got like eight arms and each one is holding like a different pastry she's like Kind of like it's a like pastry, a cool, Ganesha. Yeah. yeah, a cool deity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah,
1: it's Lazy Susan. <laughs> or is it? No, is, no, is it Ganesh? It's Shiva, is the one with a bunch of arms, right? I think it's Gane- Sh- yeah, Shiva. Yeah. Pastry Shiva. Well, pastry. Ganesha would probably like pastry too, right? Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Anyway. I I love this idea. I love the the eight-armed pastry goddess. Lazy Susan. Yeah, Lazy (laughs) Susan. She has a different type of pastry in each hand. So, okay, so I think we need to decide what are the eight schools of of baking, right? Yes. So we need to, okay, we'd have pies, we have cookies, we have cakes, we have mousses, we have.
0: Does that count? You don't mousse make a loose.
1: I'm not going to be able to think of Let's eight otherwise. Okay, so yes. no, no,
0: no. mousse does not count. <laughs> We've got. No, okay, what was you got? He said cookies, candy. He said cookies, yeah, cakes, good. pies, yeah. uh, muffins.
1: Muffins, tarts, yes. Tarts, tarts, uh, souffles, souffles
0: savory foods. definitely, yes. definitely the, the odd men out. Brûlées,
1: brûlées, like oh. a creme brûlée.
0: Okay. Do you uh, do you bake that? No, you torch mm. it with a little. Does that count as baking?
1: Yes, I'm saying it counts. Okay, it's my island.
0: Meringues, uh-huh. <laughs> and the last bakey thing, um maybe like scones or breakfast so, yeah, sweets yeah. Breakfast breakfast, Bre- breakfast, breakfast baking, sweets yeah. breakfast confections. Oh, flapjacks.
1: Yeah. You bake bake a flaw the jackets. Flapjack, that flapjack.
0: potatoes. There's a section of potatoes. Yeah, oh
1: my yeah, you're right. Potatoes. Potatoes would be one. Oh yeah, no.
0: Yeah, yeah. They're like the weird barbarians that live on the tail <laughs> of, <laughs> the of the like, popovers. Pop yes. Yeah. There's all the savory baking things. Are right. they just limiting it
1: To sweets? <laughs> Listeners if there is a form of baking that we are missing if there's another forgotten school of baking, please, please write into us What are at your Top Top pod on Twitter? We would love to hear Meat that loaf. yeah. Uh, Baked Alaska. Alaska would be a school of baking. <laughs>
2: oh, gosh. The island uh, is Alaska.
1: Seriously, I, I actually, I'm really in love with this story. Just this, like, dumb baking reality show <laughs> that your party has to <laughs> fumble their way through. That sounds like so much fun. And you have to balance all of the eight arms of this baking goddess with different treats from every school of baking. Our dear queen, yes.
2: Lady's Lazy Susan. Lest yes. her wrath rain down upon <laughs> I, our I, school of... <laughs>
0: bakery i have I, all your souffles deflate
1: i have nothing else Deflay. to say about this like I, I don't want to say anything else about this. it's a delicate balance already mm-hmm. uh and i want to just leave this in the capable hands the eight hands of our beautiful <laughs> listeners here mm-hmm.
2: Four so times as capable
1: as as we said if there are any other schools of bakery that you uh you know you think we're missing out on please let us know we would love to hear about it uh at WorldForgePod on twitter uh and if you have any ideas for any of our other two islands you know how if you think you can find a really interesting way to use this in a D game that you're having or a story that you're writing or if you have a character that you think would fit into these really well we would love to hear about that we always always love hearing from our listeners and if you want to get at us piper there are a couple of really easy ways for our listeners to do that what are they
0: Sure can. Well, if you want to send us a tweet, you can do so. Uh, we are at WorldForgePod on Twitter. Uh, you know, just send us a little birdie tweet. Also, you can send us, uh, long messages. Thank you. For <laughs> via email. Um, and we are worldforgepod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you in any format. I also just want to mention definitely all the kids who live on this, uh, magical baking <laughs> island. I think one of their favorite crafts is shrinky dinks. Cause you have to. <laughs> Put those in an oven. Oh my God!
1: How did we not think of shrinky dinks, shrinky dinks. as a, uh, one of Definitely the, the prime arm. baking arts? Yes. <laughs> that is absolutely yeah. Shrinky dinks and baked potatoes. Shrinky, shrinky dinks and potatoes.
2: potatoes. Should there be a Pillsbury section too? Just
1: yeah. You know, crescent
2: things that Grands. you crack a tube open. and you know what? This <laughs> throw them in a pan.
1: It makes me think of. Uh, there's an episode of King of the Hill. <laughs> when hank is making coffins for himself and peggy and he's like upholstery is one of the three original industrial arts he's like they're like oh hank are you sewing he's like know. no it's industrial it's not a, it's not a craft it's not art <laughs>
0: it's <laughs> Crazy. i love it oh say your idea about pillsbury kingdom i feel like their slogan would be crack a tube <laughs> just
2: crack a tube <laughs> Get him on there. I
1: love it. I love it. This is, man, what a what a journey we've been on here.
0: Wait till we hurts. <laughs> so
1: I think on that note, before Piper's abs explode from laughter, let's maybe jump on over to the next section of the podcast, which is the rec room. And this week, we have a lovely guest rec room uh, recommendation by our, our favorite guest here of this episode. Our only guest of this episode, Grace Keating. <laughs>
2: the, I'm your favorite guest of this episode? Are You
1: our favorite guest of this episode, Grace, yes. Wow.
2: <laughs> what an honor. I don't know what to say. Yes. Well,
1: you know what? Now's a make or break moment because you can you could throw it all out the window if you don't make a good recommendation. So the pressure's on.
2: Okay. This recommendation is a music recommendation. Yes. Probably not what you'd normally recommend in your rec room on your – Lovely no, but, program. But we
1: love music recommendations. We haven't had a lot lately. We, we've had a few in the past, and I always like to branch out and do different types of things. So I'm very uh, happy for this recommendation to rear its recommendation head.
2: Yeah, give it to us. Good. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, a solo artist that I've been listening to for a couple years, and he's really smart and um, really amazing sound designer and producer, and he sings. Uh, he goes by Brother Tiger, mm-hmm. one word. Nice. Not not usual spellings. Yes. (laughs) Your brother, Tiger. Um, But kind of in the last five years, he's put out uh, two full albums and a couple EPs, and they're really wonderful. And it fits in really well with the theme of this episode because he talks about islands and there's jungle vibes and all the good crystal blue scenery that you might expect (laughs) (laughs) from an island jaunt. Uh, So, yeah, I get a lot of enjoyment out of it and inspiration. And it's worth checking out.
0: Nice. I also have to say, I'm, I'm surprised that, Sam, you didn't mention Animal Crossing, because that's all about islands. Oh, my gosh. How did I not True. mention it? We've so, probably
1: talked about Animal Crossing on, on the, around the time when that came out. I probably wouldn't shut up about it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know I've used it as a source of inspiration before on the podcast. So if it wasn't a recommendation in the rec room, go f- – Go play Animal Crossing, you filthy animals. What are you doing? (laughs) Listen to Brother Tiger. Throw on some Brother Tiger. Play some Animal Crossing. crossing. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I think those are really valuable types of recommendation. You know, we, we often talk about uh, you know Dungeons and Dragons supplements that you know creators we know are talking about or you know or like movies or books or things like that but we don't talk a lot about just cool music to listen to while you're creating if you want to get into a mood for writing or building something yeah. like that I think that's really really helpful yeah. Um and having different artists that fit a different type of tone if you have a really serious setting you want to listen to some like you know heavy death some death clock or something like that if you want to have like a really chill relaxing kind of casual vibe. Maybe go and listen to the Animal Crossing soundtrack, you know, see what happens, oh, you yeah. know, uh, fuck around, throw on some DJ Tortimer, who knows? So throw on some KK <laughs> Slider. <laughs> um, I, I think that's, that's a really valuable thing. And I, I love hearing music recommendations like that. So Brother Tiger is a fantastic recommendation on Spotify and you know where you, you yeah. know where to find music. We Wherever. don't have to tell you about that listeners. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Your favorite music source.
1: Absolutely. Well, Grace, if there's anything that you're working on that you want to share, is there something that exists out on the World Wide Web that you would want to point our listeners to? Or are you more of a more of a little secret sneaky internet goblin <laughs> that exists in the shadows of the dark web?
2: You can follow me at don't follow me anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I guess something that I'm peripherally connected to is my partner's musical project. Cool. Which will be coming out hopefully by the end of this year. Uh, You can follow him at Joshua Nordine on Instagram. Nice. Um, It's also like really good synthwave music. Um, There's snippets of songs up on there and I'm really excited about it. He's a really amazing writer and budding producer. Ooh. And... I'm excited to see where it goes. So it's worth a check out.
0: Cool. I can't wait. That sounds awesome.
1: Absolutely. We'll we'll make sure to have links to that in the show notes to make it very easy and accessible for you all to listen to. And again, more fun inspiration music. I mean, if you're writing a Starfinder campaign or something, what better than some cool synth wave or some space wave or something like that to listen to that that. Mm That sounds like it would really hit the spot, I think. So oh, yeah. please consider supporting our, our favorite guest of this episode and their wonderful partner, <laughs> Josh. Uh, if you are looking for something to listen to, you could do a lot worse, I think. So, uh, let's, let's go ahead and wrap this up. I think that's about all we have this week. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about where you can find us. We're obviously on Twitter at World Forge Pod. We're on worldforgepod at gmail.com. If you want to find ways to support our show, Of course, continuing to listen is, you know, key, but if you want to share this, spread this around, one of the best ways to do it, short of just strapping someone to a chair and forcing them to listen, is to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. Leaving a five-star review and just saying something nice about it not only just makes our day, but it does a lot to get our podcast in front of the ears of new listeners, uh, and it costs you nothing. Uh it It's really, really tremendously appreciated for us. So if you have your app open right now, consider doing it. It's as easy as that. It takes about 30 seconds. If we like what you have to say, we'll consider reading it on air. It's always very, very <laughs> exciting to do that, right? So... Uh, that's always a really fun thing. And again, please consider writing in on Twitter or on email. If you have any uh recommendations for new episode topics, if you have any thoughts about the things we've created this week or in past weeks, we're happy to uh revisit any of that and, and just, you know, kind of touch on your creations because uh, that's something that's very, very fun for us. Way more interesting than our own nonsense is hearing what you guys can do and what you guys can you know, improve upon uh, based on what we've done. So please, please consider doing that. But I think that's about it. Yeah. we are done with episode 68 which means next week oh boy, oh boy <laughs> next week we're gonna be back with uh with a real spicy one for you episode 69 exactly. nice uh, hey. no children
0: allowed yeah. uh, for listening yeah. uh, unless, unless you i don't know uh, yeah unless you're cool, a <laughs> yeah, like, cool. Really cool yeah a really cool <laughs> tween who's like yeah I'm gonna listen to episode 69
2: yeah. uh <laughs> I'm start so, with that
1: one yeah, yeah exactly maybe. but uh, we'll be checking ids at the door next week so uh if you're if
2: you're not 69 yeah. years of age you
0: know, <laughs> which, <laughs> must be at least this old to
1: listen. Absolutely. So all the horny old folks, be sure to turn in next week. Horny and,
0: old folks, uh, our yeah. favorite listeners. We, we just, Foxy Grandpa. Yeah. We want to
2: thank
1: you for listening again to another week of our bullshit. Uh, we'll be back again next week with another hour or two of it. Uh, take care, listeners. We love you. Goodbye.
2: Goodbye. bye Bye.